Welcome to the very first episode of the Box Jumper Wadcast podcast, where I take an inside look at the fitness community, talk to people that help others get healthy, happy, fit, stay active and independent, and all the other great benefits of making fitness part of your life. I'm your host, John St. Amand. I am a CrossFit Level 1 trainer and Catalyst Level 1 certified weightlifting coach. I'm also a first-degree black belt in Weichiro Karate, an avid runner. I'm the organizer of a 5K fun run, basketball coach for both of my daughter's basketball teams over the years. And I am also the owner of a marketing and design business in Halifax called QB Marketing. Uh, All of this is to say that, like you, I have a lot going on day to day. Uh, And I'm also a master's athlete. I found CrossFit just after I turned 40. Um, So some of this podcast will be informed from that perspective, but it certainly won't be the only perspective. Uh, My guests, uh, at least in my head, uh, will be coming from a wide range of areas of fitness, not limited to athletes and not limited to CrossFit. I started Box Jumper originally as a blog um, with this grand idea of visiting a ton of CrossFit gyms. Um, For those of you that know the lingo, they're referred to as boxes. And then the idea was that I was going to write about my experiences visiting these gyms and and talking to people in the community. And that went well for a little bit. I I really enjoyed visiting uh, the boxes um, in the towns that I traveled to. Uh, But I quickly realized that my ambitions were a little tough to live up to. Um, I travel occasionally for work, but not that often. And when I do, I tend to travel to the same few places. So after a little bit of brainstorming, um, I realized that uh, I could reimagine Box Jumper as a podcast and do virtual visits with the fitness community instead. Uh, I'm still going to visit boxes and write about it and, and or record interviews and turn them into interviews like this. Um, but, you know, this way I can take advantage of the great technologies that are available and bring the fitness world just a little bit closer. So for this first episode, I wanted to give you a bit of a sense of where I came from, but not just from my perspective. Instead, I went to two friends of mine. They are the owners of the newest CrossFit affiliate in Nova Scotia, Canada, uh, called Osprey Athletics CrossFit and Weightlifting. Rob and Tisha O'Brien have been running Osprey for a little over five months now, but they both started in CrossFit almost three years ago. Now, we've both known each other, or we've all known each other, for uh, about 25 years or more. Um, We were neighbors for 10 years. Uh, We were friends, neighbors, parents of kids that played together, uh, workout buddies even before CrossFit entered our lives. Uh, And not long after they started in CrossFit, it really wasn't hard to see the transformation in their fitness and um, just their energy levels, so I was kind of keen to find out a little bit more. So it seems fitting that the first guests on the Box Jumper Wadcast podcast would be the people that introduced me to and welcomed me into the CrossFit community. And now I'm one of a great team of coaches at their box. Uh, And in my professional life as a marketing designer, I helped them with the branding and marketing of Osprey Athletics when they started the affiliate. Um, So as is traditional in CrossFit, we'll get started in 10 seconds. Full disclosure, I kind of like these two, and I suspect you will too. Well, thanks for coming and doing this. Yeah. Um, this is a bit of an experiment on my part um, to, you know, try to take this idea that I had for doing a blog and then quickly realizing I can't, I don't travel enough to visit uh-huh. all the boxes that I would want to be able to write about. And so when I started thinking, okay, well, how, how do I keep this going? 
couldn't I do something more like a virtual box visit and interview people over the phone or on Skype or whatever I can manage and, and try to extend it beyond just the box and hit you know, the fitness community generally and talk to subject matter experts. So um, when I decided to, to take that approach, the ideas really started rolling and um, decided to turn it into a podcast. And surprised, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of CrossFit related podcasts, but they're all, um, they're all run by, you know, really elite level athletes, mm-hmm. or at least the ones that I found. Right. I mean, I love their content. Yeah. I don't relate to their content quite the same way as I think, um, you know, I think you have to be at that level to really completely grasp what it is they're talking about, even though when they bring on guests, they're talking about nutrition and right. the approach to workouts and programming and um, injury recovery and, you know, some of the same topics that any athlete would, Deals with. would yeah. deal with on a regular basis. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I wanted to take take the approach that I had with my site, you know, write it from the perspective of somebody who's not an elite athlete, just the average person going in, and I'm two years into CrossFit now, so mm-hmm. um, I've got maybe a little bit more experience than some because I've taken the leap to coaching, but um, I'm still just the same athlete that everybody in the class is. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that'll be a point of interest for people and yeah. they'll be interested in the people that I bring in to, to talk to. Sure. Starting with you two made perfect sense for me. Everyday um, athletes. Considering Everyday. you guys are the ones that got me into this mess in the first place. Oh <laughs> and uh, I've known you both for a long time. Um, you know, we've, we've been neighbors for a long time. We went to school together long before we were neighbors. Um, so I, I, I kind of want to start fairly early in the process. Like, what, what's your background in sport? Um, you know, what, what, what kind of things did you do all the way through growing up that in one roundabout way or another wound up leading you to CrossFit? Um, so when growing up, I would be playing as much sports as I could. So it, it was, I would have a ball or a stick or something in my hands at pretty much all the time so I played hockey pretty much year-round played soccer pretty much year-round up until about uh, high school and then I found rugby in grade 12 and that was like my true love so I played rugby for about 10 years um, and then eventually I just sort of pry myself away from it Um, and then sort of there was a gap of about 10 years where I didn't play rugby or play sports at all and uh, went to uh, good life to try and keep myself in shape, but I was struggling with it. And um, then I started my own business, so I quit good life to try and focus on the business and found myself getting out of shape and sluggish and um, was at a party with the 40th, uh, 40th birthday party for a friend of ours and uh, noticed half the room is these fit, good-looking people, and half the room was myself and other people that were, were out of shape, and I was like, Steph, who are, who are and, those? And they're, and they're gravitating look. towards one another, <laughs> That's as right. we found. Yeah. Uh, and energized, and, and, you know, like, so I said, you know, Steph, who, who were those people over there? And she said, oh, those are my CrossFit buddies, and it was like a light bulb went on. I was like, wow, there's a big distinction between the people that do CrossFit and the people that aren't doing CrossFit. So I said, oh, there must be something to it. So I, I went and gave it a shot. When you stepped away from uh, rugby, was it um, that there weren't very many opportunities? Like you were in that that 
coming to the end of, of your younger years, uh, for lack of a better description? And, and what, was there an opportunity for you to really have continued that? Or was it just like life was getting in the way because, you know, you've got uh, three kids? Yeah, well, no. I didn't have kids at that point. Teacher and right. I were just about to get married. But, um, yeah, rugby got in the way of life, for sure. It was a, it was a real consuming lifestyle. thing for me. Yeah. It was a lifestyle. Um, and I did it for 10 years, and, and I felt like I achieved everything I could achieve. I wasn't going to make the next level to the national team or anything like that. I, I was right. kind of, I realized that was a, out of grasp, out of my reach. So um, just felt like I'd done everything. We won the Maritime Championships that year. I played in the Super League that year and said, I've had a good year. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was it. And I said, I walked away. What about you, Tisha? What was your sport experience growing up? Um, similar to Rob, I always had my hand in something, and I uh, swimming was a big part of my summer. Uh, I was a summer competitive swimmer for nine years, um, so I, I achieved some goals in that, and then I went on to snowboarding. I think I started snowboarding in grade eight when that was fairly new. To... On the school trips, or did you go... Uh, no, uh, just uh, with a friend, a neighborhood friend and her family. I always used to kind of tag along with them and it was something new at the hill and it was, you know, I'm always game for trying something different. So that's kind of how I got involved in that. And then I started competitively um, riding and doing uh, half pipe and the terrain park and that kind of thing. And uh, I like to go fast too. So dual solemn and, and those types of things so um, that kept me busy uh, after school and uh, sports a great way I think to just be involved in the community too I, I always have been involved in sports that had a community aspect to them that were more of a team sport versus an individual even though you're competing in individually it's always on a team Yeah. so I think that's why when I got into CrossFit that really appealed to me because it had that sense of community to it. So how how long, you know, beyond like high school did you continue to do downhill sports? Oh goodness, uh, probably not very long. Um, I think kind of the same situation with rugby after high school you start into university and your focus kind of shifts um, towards your education and, and yeah. career and that type of thing. So. Um, and everyone at that point, I think, goes their separate ways. So our, you know, your network of friends kind of... The communities change. Right, yeah. exactly. So um, we weren't getting up to the hill as often as we would have been uh, in high school and that type of thing. So, um, yeah, so then I kind of fell off too for a while and I didn't really pick up anything until we started running together. So I think right. we, we ran for about, what, nine years before? Thereabouts, yeah. Maybe... We got into CrossFit, so yeah. yeah. So that was really all I was doing: our morning runs for that length of time. And yeah. yeah, well, it was good. I mean, we had quite a few people on we the did. street that were all into running at yeah. the time, through in various different pursuits. Most of us wound up going to running room for one clinic or another, and then when we were done with clinics, we just kind of kept running as a group. Yeah, exactly. So it was good, but yeah, CrossFit didn't come on come up until quite a bit later for me. Um, you both started, I don't know, at least six months before I did. Mm-hmm. And that was after I had moved, too. So the the, the, the connection right. to the day-to-day of what you guys were doing, I didn't get to see mm-hmm. just what was happening. Right. I saw more photos 
of you guys trying bizarre things like standing <laughs> on top of kettlebells oh, yeah. uh, on Facebook. Um, and I don't know, what, I, at some point or the other, I, I remember asking you, Tisha, about, okay, so what is it? Who runs it? What's mm-hmm. it like? That sort of thing. And you had already, Janice was already involved at yeah, that Janice point as well. So got me involved, actually, yeah. in Rocky Lake. I know Steph and I talked about it for about a year, and she was trying to get me in, and I honestly I had no clue what CrossFit was before I walked in the door. I didn't understand yeah. that there was even weights involved mm-hmm. until I walked in there. I didn't know what a barbell was. I'd never touched a barbell before in my life. Um, so Janice, just we were one night, and she's like, I, I just signed up. I'm going to this new CrossFit box, and you've got to come try it. So she she was relentless that night. She followed up the next day, and so I said, oh, give it <laughs> We all do the same thing now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like uh, converting people to the cult. Yeah. yeah. So um, no, it was good. And then I, I went in for that first 6 a.m. class and instantly made a connection with all the 6 a.m. crew. Well, you started with 6 a.m. right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I have a soft spot for 6 a.m. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a little while to find find my groove in in the 6 a.m. class because it I mean I was I'm not a good sleeper so Mm. I was up consistently at that hour and when we went running we went running ridiculously early yeah um but running I didn't find as challenging to get my head around doing early in the morning like it it just it wasn't the same level of exertion right it was endurance it wasn't I didn't have to really turn myself on for that I could just kind of sleepwalk through it and when we started well getting a little competitive with each other yeah there were were times when we might have pushed a little hard a little hard yeah um but I, I wound up, at least initially, I hopped around to a couple of different times just trying to figure out, okay, where does this what fit? your schedule? Because I, I didn't know what kind of, um, uh, how to integrate it in my day-to-day. Um, I mean, being self-employed, my hours are all over the place. Right. And so I wasn't really sure whether that would fit after school. And, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when we go back two, and, two years and change, Grace was a couple of years younger, so mm. I kind of had to be around after school and That's right. into the evening to, to get things organized. So, you know, between homework and um, basketball practices and everything else, mm-hmm. it was a little tougher to fit into the evening than I thought it would be. Right. So then I figured, well, okay, I'm going to just brute force, force myself to go through the 6 a.m. thing and see how long it takes before I acclimate to it. Right. Took a little longer than I thought it would. Um, but I don't mind the, the 6 a.m. thing now. It's mm-hmm. an early wake up, but at least, you know, you get your workout in and then you got the rest of your day and exactly. nothing else gets in the way, which was the principal challenge I had for me. It was other stuff getting in the way and that would be the first thing that would get cut from the schedule. And that mm-hmm. was always what it was when I had to work out any time other than first thing in the morning. Right. Long before CrossFit, it was, I have to get it done early or it's not going to get done. Right. And I tried cycling, which... I quickly discovered is kind of a limiting sport when you're in Nova Scotia and you've got to deal with um, weather and, you know, then, of course, daylight savings time hits and you're just desperately trying to get out before it's dark and Mm -hmm. then you're trying to ride in rush hour. So just it wasn't the right fit. Right. So CrossFit sort of made sense. I had only ever heard of CrossFit before I joined anyway in those scary terms. Mm Mm-hmm. so, you know, I had heard about, you know, people hurting themselves in competitions and how intense it was. And it sounded, it's weird because I'm a very competitive person naturally anyway. Right. I, I'm not athletically gifted. I'm just stubborn. And so 
I, I figured that might not be the best fit for me. It might be just a notch ahead of where I would want to be. Um, I couldn't have been more wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when, when we talk to people about CrossFit, that's sometimes that's the feedback that we get. Right. Yeah, there's, there's a misconception, a, a misconception sure. I think, that, yeah. that CrossFit is scary and could lead to injuries and all that sort of thing. If it's done right, it shouldn't lead to injuries. Right. Um, and it, CrossFit itself doesn't do a great job of dissuading people of that so they show these you know super athletes that at regionals and make them the poster child and and that's not really what it's about for most people it's, it's right a, and they're doing the most challenging that, movements uh, and, and these workouts yeah and, yeah and, and and for for some of us that's really inspiring and we can watch that and, and strive to be so like them yeah. but uh, i think most people get kind of scared away by that thinking yeah. oh i'm not going to be doing that so i'll I won't be able to work out. So what is it for me to do? They don't realize the scalability and all of that. Well, it's it's a marketing challenge too, when you think about it. I mean, when, when the NFL glorifies all the crazy things that their athletes can do, they're in no way, shape or form ever expecting that the person sitting at home watching on TV is going to actually perform those movements themselves, Mm -hmm. scaled or not. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, So, you know, CrossFit has a bit of a different kind of way to approach things. I mean, Mm -hmm. they, they do hold up these incredible athletes at the very top of their game. Um, but I, I do think that they do a good job, at least with you know their Facebook posts and their Instagram. They're, they are focusing a, an awful lot on that the good mobility, news yeah. the good mm-hmm. news stories, sure. older athletes that are yes. um, you know way more mobile than their counterparts because they've adopted this fitness lifestyle. I, I agree. I just don't think they're, those are getting enough attention. Like yeah. The, the people that are curing type 2 diabetes with through CrossFit workouts. Like, yeah. That doesn't seem to get quite as much publicity as let's put Matt Frazier on a the Today Show or something. Like, I don't know. It, yeah. It's, um, it's something that we still strive to get out there is that, you know, we can take anyone and put them through a good workout and change their life and make them feel better and fitter than they ever have in their entire life. Mm-hmm. So, how much of a shock to the system was um, being in, in CrossFit from the very beginning? Like, what what did that experience um, feel like when you first walked into the gym? Was it? Um, I think everybody remembers their first workout because it's, <laughs> it's like a shock to the system. It's For like, like a week, you remember yeah. it. <laughs> Somebody writes up on the board what you're going to do when you look and you go, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's crazy. If you can even read the board because of all the acronyms yeah, and everything right. going on. Mm. We're going to do what? <laughs> <laughs> you're looking to your buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember I got my butt kicked by uh, a couple people that I still work out with, but the, the, um, it was humbling. Let's just say that the yeah. first yeah. time he went in there and, and you watch these people do these things and you're like, wow, I don't know if I'm ever going to get there, but I'm going to try. So mm-hmm. uh, it's people that think like that that will come back. It's people that like go, oh, wow, I, I can't keep up with those people. I'm not going to do it. And then they won't, they won't come back. But if they came back, they would eventually get there because I don't think it takes uh, a super athlete to be able to do these things. It just takes some commitment and some focus and some time yeah yeah on well, and the right community too right. makes yeah. a big difference yeah yeah that's something that is hard to t- tell people about i find like telling people about the community and the support that you'll get and how that adds to the whole atmosphere and the element and um because if you don't 
it's one of those things until you experience it, you don't get what that means. Like, yeah, um, you don't understand that, you know, when you're going to work out with people that are like, they're rooting you on and cheering you on that you will work harder and you'll stay more focused and you'll have more fun. And mm-hmm. that's what sets it apart from going to a big, huge gym and putting your headphones in and going on the treadmill for half an hour. It's just, and not talking to anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not making any connections or human connections. Yeah. yeah I've bounced around to um, a variety of the other gyms um, throughout my adult life before CrossFit. Um, whether it was, you know, back in the day, new bodies and then mm-hmm. good life. And I had a membership at uh, Canada Game Center for a couple of years. But that, the self directed uh, type of workout that would achieve, for, at first, it would be very difficult to achieve the kind of results that you do in a CrossFit class where you've got a coach prescribing mm-hmm. work to do. I was never a self directed workout kind of person. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's one thing, even when I was running. I ran better in a group than I ran on my own. Mm-hmm. Right. I was, that just competitive nature kicked in. Um, you know, when the other person isn't stopping, then you don't stop and vice versa. And so you feed off of each other's energy. And mm-hmm. working out on my own was not something that, that allowed me to do that. And it, it takes a certain type of person to be able to get that kind of fitness level working right. independently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't have it because I, I know when I was playing sports and trying to go to the gym or trying to go for like a run to keep my endurance up it would just be torture like I Mm -hmm. would be pushing myself to go and pushing myself to go for a run and five minutes into a run I'd be hating it and just like and then your your relationship with fitness is that it's something you have to do and I have you know push yourself through it and it's painful but I got to do it to get the results I want yeah and then you do CrossFit and it's like it's fun Mm-hmm. and it's challenging and you know sometimes it's hard and it hurts but you don't you look forward to it mm-hmm. yeah. right it's a whole different relationship now that I have with with fitness than I did back when I was just sort of trying to use fitness to get my to achieve my goals in sports yeah yeah so how long into I mean Tisha you became a coach um, before Rob did you came you became a coach fairly early on in the um, end, I mean, you're, I, I saw, yeah, I saw your little, fitness level go through the roof very quickly. A little mm-hmm. less than a year, I think, as when I, I got it in April. I started CrossFit in, in May mm-hmm. of 2015, um, and then April of 2016 is when I got my own level one. So, right. um, But within three months of starting CrossFit, I could really see how the CrossFit methodology was working for me, and then I think that that's really what drove me to just continue yeah. on and then um I was in there every day and yeah yeah and then right as you were right as you were just about to start coaching it was right around that time that you got injured right it was yeah I actually I, I got injured prior to my um my level one yeah, so right. initially I cracked my um my ankle so I recovered from that then I did my L1 and then Within yeah, a couple of weeks of getting my L one. That's right. I forgot that it was a double whammy. Yeah. It was first you had the the ankle bone and then yeah yeah. So, um, and then I tore my Achilles. Yeah. So that was a year long recovery, and um, I'm still you know I'm not limited. I don't think anymore, but um, you're mindful of it. I'm I, very I mindful of it now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah certain movements. I'll. I'll think twice a little 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 longer over yeah that never hurts no 
And you know what? I think it's benefited me in so many ways because now um, I feel like being mindful of those movements myself makes me be mindful for other people. So mm. I can see someone when they're going to do a step up or jump, a box jump, um, if they're not landing full foot on the box or something like that, that's going to impact the mo- them themselves uh, getting injured. You know, if, if it's prevention for me now that I can help someone else. Yeah. Um, then I, I definitely benefited from being injured. <laughs> so, yeah, it's amazing how an injury can make you can, more acutely aware of the mechanics that go into a particular movement. That's right. And what yeah. the risk factors are. And you look it up for your athletes because you don't want them to go through that. What yeah, I did, experience. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So how long after you, I mean, so you got injured right around the time that you got your L1. So how did that impact your... Um, getting into the coaching side of things because it was you know it was still it was someone else's box and right. so you were you were ramping up to become a coach that's right yeah. and then you get injured so how does how did that change your plans and how did it affect the way that you viewed your relationship with with crossfit at the time well it didn't affect my relationship with crossfit at all i think I, the first injury it was in there the very next day mm-hmm. still working out i just worked around it i worked around it both times yeah. um I was forced to take, I think, a two-week break after I had surgery for the Achilles. Um, and that <laughs> that was more a mental thing for me because I, I wanted to be at the box, but I physically couldn't drive, and I had to rely on people to get me where I needed to go. And I was so grateful to so many people who came and picked me up at the house and got me to the box and just so that I could still work out. And even though I physically couldn't drive myself, I was still able to work around the injury itself and maintain you know some of the strength and so that when the as I was recovering that I could continue to do all those things that I was doing before and and I, I feel like I'm actually even stronger now than I I was before so you definitely are mm-hmm. oh yeah for sure but I mean that's with anything too I mean you're as you progress you're you're constantly getting stronger with as long yeah. as you're pushing yourself so when at what point did you start seeing CrossFit as maybe something more than just something you would do outside of work? Um, I think I was having just, you know, I'd been with my um, my other employer for so many years and, you know, things get stagnant after a while and, and CrossFit was exciting for me and I, I really enjoyed being there and, um, and the people and the community and that really, you know... It was that that's what drove me and so I think that uh that's that, yeah. <laughs> I've always just wanted that's after a year, a year yeah like, after a year, I just I just I that, would, I, would, I would love to do this full time that would be fantastic mm-hmm. to be a full-time job so just try to work at ways that I could do so I offered to do some administrative work for um for the box and kind of unfolded from there. from there and yeah. now you made it happen yeah yeah so the, the prior owner of the box was moving on and mm. so the opportunity was there for the box to continue if you were to take it over right um, how how eager were you for that opportunity I mean was it was it kind of a slam dunk or I mean I know that you know Rob was already um, an independent business owner so was it did it give you pause to have both of you become entrepreneurial at the same time? 
Well, I think we knew at the time that um, Rob's business um, head office or corporate was looking to, to buy back the, the franchises at that point. So um, we knew that eventually we would be looking for something new. Um, it kind of did seem like divine timing, honestly, that this presented itself. And um, I think we were both thinking of it, but didn't express it to each other right away. And then one of us said something and we're like, what do you think? And then it was like, oh, you know, we, we asked the question, he was open to it and it just kind of went from there. It was so fast. It was <laughs> the way that it all evolved. I'm not sure we knew what we were getting into at the time, nope. but <laughs> um, I think that it was, it was meant to be. So you were able to if effectively take over an existing community, mm. um, but that has to have come with its challenges as well. Because, you know, like a change of ownership um, can be a bumpy road. Um, sometimes you, you have members uh, leave. Sometimes you bring on new people. What was, what was the transition period like? Was it relatively smooth? Because the, I think the, the members knew what was going on. Yeah, the community knew what was going on and knew that Tisha was, like, saving the community that they loved and that they wanted to support that. So... Um, it helps any, that it wasn't somebody brand new coming in and just mm-hmm. buying the box. Yeah, it wasn't like a, yeah. a, a like outsider. It's one of their own. Yeah. So um, I think it was positive that we had the existing community there to help out. I don't think there was any sort of like uh, negative to it. There was no, like, we didn't have to change the culture or anything like that. It was just such a good group of people that would just come in and... and Everyone stepped up yeah. and just was so supportive and... Yeah, looking back on that, those few months that we were kind of in that roller coaster of a a ride, that uh, everyone I was, think kept us yeah. grounded for sure, and it was a lot the work, reassurance. A lot more work than yeah, we thought it was going to be, but yeah, yeah. Um, the members weren't the issue. That was for sure. It was no the no. transition, well, and you and you put your own um, you put your own stamp on it too. I mean, it's not like you, you just bought it and left everything the same. I mean, yeah, we, we, yeah. gave it a new name, you reorganized the way that the, the, I mean, it took a little while, but you reorganized the way the space was being used. Right. Yeah. Uh, repainted, upgraded some equipment. I mean, yeah. what, was that, was that all just immediately on your, on the horizon when you made the decision to go ahead? Uh, yeah, because I think that some of the criticisms of the old place that we heard were, you know, it was dirty and it was too small and it was this or that. And so we just wanted to, you know, reinvent it a little bit and keep it clean and make people happy to be there and not give them any reason to leave. So um, that's what we did, but the members contributed a lot of the changes, so... Uh, you uh, redid the logo, and uh, mm-hmm. that's been a you know everybody's loved it, and we get a lot of positive feedback on that, and um, all the help you've given us with our social media and our website and our tech, it's been great. Um, and then you know like other members have stepped up, like PJ with uh, social media, and uh, other people like Mike and Anita have given us lots of business yeah. tips and advice and thoughts like feedback from the membership and, and even with the renovation a lot of members came in on their own and helped paint tons it. of members came in uh, yeah, yeah. Move equipment. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, Reassem- disassemble and reassemble, reassemble. Ray in the other room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That Move was all those platforms. Yeah. 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 And Isaac Smith's been great. He's been keeping things together from a programming perspective and um, just running the weightlifting side, the Olympic lifting side. Um, yeah. So it's just and just a mentor altogether. I find just his experience with yeah. CrossFit alone, and to be able to give us the guidance. That yeah, he's been around very, the community. Yeah, much longer than right. any of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was and, a former owner at one point, and yeah. so um, you know he's got advice. We go ask him questions all the time, and um, it's good to have his insights. And yeah, yeah, and and he continues to run the weightlifting program. And yep, with uh, some. Pretty great athletes. I mean, I guess yeah. there's, so, there's been some phenomenal uh, results out of that group. Definitely a source of pride to have that group over there and, and all that they're achieving on a like national competitive level. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's great. Yeah. yeah. And he he does a, um, a good chunk of the programming for the box as well? Yep. So he does the Monday to Friday programming, which um, is getting everybody the results, and everybody seems quite, quite happy with it. I can so certainly see the influence of the Catalyst program on... The, mm-hmm. the the way that the, the programming is run throughout the week. Yeah. Um, having done the, I mean, I'm, I'm only an L1 in, in Catalyst as well, and um, but just having gone through the, the studying of the book and going yes. through the methodology and the way that the programming is done according to the, the way that um, Catalyst runs, I can see the influence on, on you know, certain days or certain types of movements and, yeah. and the relationship mm-hmm. between those movements. Um, so it's it's pretty interesting when when you look at the grander calendar of, of stuff. I mean, members come in and they just do the workout and they don't really think about the mm-hmm. fact that there's some periodization in the way that the programming is is constructed. Yeah. There is considerable thought. It's, it's constantly varied, but it's it, there's yeah. a plan to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you see heavy weeks, light weeks, um, weeks that have heavier intensity and lighter intensity, like there's an ebb and flow to that. That mm-hmm. I think some of the members certainly recognize the difference. They feel they feel it. That's right. But they wouldn't necessarily be able to put their finger on it and say, "Oh, yeah, that's the the thought process behind mm-hmm. it." So yeah. it's it's nice that there's that thinking going into it. That it's not just purely randomized. Mm-hmm. It it really does have a progression to to provide the yeah. athletes. A, a they may not understand why they're getting new one rep maxes all the time, but right, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. because they did all this work in the previous weeks and yeah. got them up to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the CrossFit community, being as as open and and friendly and and sharing as it is, what's the relationship been with other box owners? I mean, how many of the other boxes around here do you know the ownership and do you talk to them and how much? It's it's been great. Sharing is yeah, it? no, it's been great. Uh, when we, we reached out right away to let them know what our intention was when we were going to purchase. Yeah, um, and Rob had been going to Basin View, so he already had that relationship. And I mean, a lot of those we've maintained yeah, a good, good, good relationship with, with well, those guys. I mean, and, and we all kind of started together too, because a lot of some of the owners were previous members yeah. of the the old box, so we all kind of started together. So. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, Brian Bardown's been great, and Dave had blended, and yeah, I think that really showed um, last weekend and yeah. the competition yeah. that that, uh, that Mike and Jason organized. Yeah. Um, that that competition between the three boxes, I think, allowed the communities that kind of knew each other to an extent, mm-hmm. um, just to finally, really in an organized fashion, get together and yeah. 
work out together, work out alongside one another, be a little bit competitive, but in a very friendly way. I mean, there, there was there, there was a very positive attitude um, in mm-hmm. all three boxes, and the I think energies. the structure that yeah. that what I think what really helped with that is everybody visited each other's boxes rather than having one venue that all three boxes showed up to. Exactly. Yeah, we kind of insisted on that so that yeah. it would it would work that way, um, but. Yeah, I felt the same way too. It was it was a it's a situation where in Bedford there's three boxes that are fairly close together, and in the other areas of the city they sort of have their own territory. It seems, but um, in Bedford there's three that are, that could be, you know, nasty competitive. But it seems as though everybody sort of realizes that if we grow CrossFit as a group, it'll benefit us at all, and you know we don't have to compete for members we can all there's enough people out there that haven't tried crossfit yet and haven't done crossfit yet so yeah if we get them involved and get them interested and excited then we can all benefit Benefit from it yeah Yeah. Uh, one thing i've certainly seen in our box anyway is it doesn't seem like there's a high degree of turnover like once people fall in love with the sport they kind of stick around yeah Mm -hmm. for sure i mean there's a lot of people that i started with two years ago are still in 6 a.m with me yeah yeah that's true it's pretty impressive yeah, it's uh, it's it's once they get in and they feel it and they feel the benefits and they're they're seeing see what the they can do and, and they're just yeah. like I don't want to give this up. So yeah, and the flip side of this of, it, of course, is that you notice when someone's missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we've had people like leave temporarily and then they people are like, "Where is Andrew?" And, and Andrew's <laughs> yeah. like two months later, Andrew's like, "I gotta get back there." So you know, it's uh, yeah, uh, or Susie, you know, like I gotta mm-hmm. get back, I gotta get back and. Dan, same way. Like, yeah. They take short breaks, I guess, and think that then they they want to get back, and people want them back. And, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's a network that's going to keep ticking. Yeah. So, what? How how are you growing the the community that you're responsible for? I mean, what um, you know? What, what's your what's your overall approach? What makes Osprey Athletics different? Do you have a calling card yet, or are you still feeling that out? I don't know if um, if we're different in this approach, but I know that our approach is to make sure that our members have such a great experience and, mm-hmm. and, and such a good comfort level with what we're doing and they're getting good quality coaching and getting results that they'll become the advocates for us and they'll that this will spread by word of mouth rather than and, and by the people, the members going out and being like ambassadors and being visible billboards for what we do. Um, and, and that's our approach to things. And I, I don't know if that's unique, but that's that's the way we've done. That's what we're looking for. We're not splashing billboards and ads all over the place and um, trying to, to do that approach yet. But uh, mostly it's been word of mouth. It's been causing us to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems like that's generally working. I mean, you know, on on weekends you have the uh, CrossFit and, and coffee community class that's mm-hmm. free for people to try it. And it seems like the last several weeks in a row, anyway, there's been one or two people in particular that are brand new that have come in with another member. So they've mm-hmm. got they've got a connection to the community already. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I, I would think it would be fairly rare for somebody to come in just out of the blue. With yeah, no, we had one no yesterday, connection. but um, it was rare. It was like. Yeah. You know, how'd you hear about us? And he's like, oh, I just saw it online, his pictures online. And I said, Oh, okay. Nice. But mm-hmm. um yeah, most of them are have some sort of connection to somebody that's already in the box. So yeah. uh that's the way we're gonna keep growing. So 
that's yeah. what you focus on. Just make sure that it's a really good experience for people and focus on that. And the rest of it will take care of itself. What's been the transition uh, <clears throat> been like for you, Tisha, to go from you know, a full-time proper J-O-B to becoming a full-time coach, uh, you know, running a box, like you're, you know, your, your name is attached to an awful lot of classes per week. So how are yeah. you, how are you managing that? Is it what you expected or is it more challenging than you thought? Um, yeah, I think it initially, because I had been doing the administrative work, I thought, you know, I will continue to do that. I'll have the same kind of responsibilities as I did then. Um, but there is so much more that I didn't yeah. even realize. And we had this conversation earlier this week, and and there are some tough decisions, and and I like to get input from everyone, and I'm so I think that's where I need to to work on personally, like just being okay with making a decision, and then if I need to adjust, I need to adjust because um, I'm I'm getting different feedback from everyone, and trying to make the perfect decision all the time because mm -hmm. I do want our members to have the best experience possible and um, I have to be okay with maybe failing once in a while and not it's not even a failure it's always a learning lesson and then I can adjust from there so yeah yeah and Rob you got your L1 in November was it yeah, yeah. How, have you, how have you found the coaching experience actually I, I I like it a lot more than I thought I did. I would. So I was getting it to sort of be able to help out Tisha. I, right. I, beforehand, I was really not interested in becoming a coach. I liked just doing CrossFit and being an athlete and, yeah. and going through that. And Then once you're an owner, you feel that pressure, right? Uh, yeah, I better be able to cover <laughs> off the classes in case something happens. That's yeah. kind of what, why I got the coaching. And then uh, I was telling Tisha just last week, like, I really love this. This is fun. It's it's, it's really fun to go in and, mm -hmm. and work with the class and, and watch them you know overcome so. something or, or tell them something that gets them the result they want and exactly. it's, it's really rewarding give them that cue and then all of a sudden you see the light bulb go on and then they are actually able to perform that movement and it is really rewarding yeah yeah do you find it's affecting your workouts at all too um uh, maybe yeah i guess so so i'm a little more conscious of my technique for sure. So yeah. there were a lot of things I didn't know I didn't know. And now, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I've got more cues in my own head mm. to think about when I'm doing things. Yeah. But, yeah. So that, that funny experience of having to explain it to somebody makes you a little bit more aware of how you do things. Well, what you're actually doing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, God forbid, demonstrating it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And knowing that all those eyes are looking at you thinking, hey, that's that's a coach, so they know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. you got to... You gotta make sure your technique's good if you're gonna be teaching yeah. people technique. Yeah. 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 But everyone has their limitations too. I mean, yeah, the coach doesn't oh, yeah. have to be they, the greatest athlete in the box, I don't think, yeah, but they no. have to know what they're talking about. Exactly, yeah. because we all have our injuries and things that we're dealing with too that may affect our ability to maybe squat or sure. do, do things like that. So, yeah. yeah. And I love that our coaches jump into just regular classes. We're all in there together, and it doesn't matter if we're a coach, if we're you know, an athlete, and, and we all can just, you know, get in there and grind it out together. Yeah. 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 There's not a, like, separation between the coaches and the athletes. It's just... Yeah. 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 Now, a lot of the, a lot of the coaches um, at the box were coaches there previously, mm -hmm. or they were working up to their, their yes. L1 at the time of the transition, so mm -hmm. um, it seems like everybody's 
stuck it out and, and yeah. they're they're back in full force and they've they've accepted a little slice of the overall schedule to mm-hmm. you know give you at least a few days a week that yeah. you can be home with the family. Yeah. Um, how what's what's your what's your approach to? I mean, fundamentally, you're you're a manager of coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what's what's your approach to um, recruiting coaches? I mean, I, I guess you haven't really had to take somebody from zero to coach, other than Rob, who was on, <laughs> that, on that track anyway as an owner. Yeah. Um, but you know, looking looking ahead as your community grows, you know, what are what are some of the things that you look for in your coaches? What do you have a Kind of a philosophy as as far as how you would um, groom people to become coaches um, for the longer term, so that you've got a steady flow of, of people getting to that level. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't had to go out and seek out anyone to be make them into coach or, or find a coach to fill a gap. It's nice to be in that position yeah. to mm-hmm. not have a, yeah. a hole that you have to yeah. fill and, and feel pressure to get somebody there. But now that we've you know, we see the coaches and we see what works and we see that, you know, so much of it is personality. And if that person is comfortable being in front of a crowd and can, um, you know, it can teach, educate, entertain, and inspire is like the three goals, right? So yeah. um, if that person has it, you can usually tell even before they come become a coach, right? Yeah. That they're going to be able to, uh, people are going to look to them to, for advice and, yeah. and want to hear what they have to say and they're going to be able to give it to them without um, you know in a way that people will understand it and it won't yeah. be a mm-hmm. negative thing seems like some of them um, kind of identify themselves in a way because I mean when you're when you're in the heat of a class there's there's often a person that isn't necessarily a coach yet that people still know knows their stuff That's right. yeah. you yeah. know respects their form will mm-hmm. ask them a question get get tips and so forth mm-hmm. so I mean That's right. some of that happens naturally right. uh, yeah. to a certain extent as you well you see that a lot in our community classes because they get our community classes will get so big we have 20-30 people there and you know the coaches on hand sometimes you know can't be everywhere can't be everywhere yeah. but you mm-hmm. see our, our own athletes stepping up and teaching somebody new some movement and yeah. you know you gotta do this you gotta do that and, and even before the coach gets there they the athletes already gotten what they need to know. Yeah. So yeah, those are the future coaches. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There you go. And I, I, we've had a few sessions already too. Uh, kind of a coach the coaches mm-hmm. sessions and yeah. and different things Skills we brought in skill, so. yeah, skill work for gymnastics and that kind of thing, just so that we do have a consistent approach with the way that we're delivering our content and that too to our athletes, so that um, even though we all have our own style of coaching, that the information and the technique and mechanics of the movements we're still giving to our athletes in the, the same manner. Yeah. 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 It's similar to the, I mean, you know, the L1 program is, is just a standardization of information in to the coach, mm. but then everybody has their own different way of delivering it. That's unique yeah. to them and unique to their community. Right. Um, you know, I mean, my L1 had people from probably 10 different boxes. Um, not all of them, in Nova Scotia either mm-hmm. um, you know because they only occur every so often and so people wind up traveling to get them at the right time of year and so right. forth so yeah you do get that that one little bit of standardization and, and certainly those opportunities to have you know subject matter experts come in and, and give us additional instruction and, and work on technique 
um, the gymnastic session that we had a little while ago was mm-hmm. ideal for that mm-hmm. um, because it really gave us all a, a different perspective and an opportunity to practice things together, which right. we never really get. That's true. You know, yeah, because we're, we're all coaching different classes throughout yeah. the day. We never really, you have that 15-minute buffer in between classes where you kind of catch up or if there's an athlete that's been injured or this or that, that we can have a little bit of a discussion because... We want to make sure that we're, you know, we're all kind of aware of certain things that are happening and um, just to kind of relay information. But we don't, like you said, get the opportunity to necessarily always work out together. And and even one or two of us will on occasion. But in that setting where we were all together, that uh, mm-hmm. it's nice. Once that was certainly the most, yeah. the most of us that have ever been in one place, one place. working out together. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, uh, and we'll do more of it. We have plans to do like nutrition or, you know, powerlifting or mobility and yoga and that sort of thing. So yeah. uh, there'll be more of those because that helps develop the coaches. And if you develop the coaches, you can develop the athletes. So yeah, that's the plan. So what does the, what, what does the, the process look like for bringing someone new into CrossFit? into the gym what's the structure that that you use like an athlete that hasn't been yeah somebody i mean let, let's imagine two scenarios somebody that comes in that has a relative degree of physical fitness so you don't have any concerns about mm-hmm. uh, mobility issues or their ability to, to function in a regular class uh and then let's look at at the the other example of someone that comes in that's fairly deconditioned and therefore has to um, get themselves up to a certain level to be able to get into a regular class or, or does that even matter are you able to put a new athlete even that's deconditioned into a regular class setting and just adjust yeah your your approach does differ um, but um, so the, the deconditioned athlete whether they come in you know this is the first time they've ever done anything athletic mm-hmm. um, you're probably working on psychology as much as you're working on physical right like making them believe that they can do what they mm-hmm. are going to do and making them understand that we're going to scale this to a level that you're going to be able to get something out of it and you're yeah. going to be able to to work you up to um, you know a, a real elite fitness level mm-hmm. it's going to take time obviously but we can get you there and, and making them believe that they can get there uh, right. is the challenge in that case and when you get an athlete that's been at another gym and they've got you know biceps and triceps and other muscles yeah um but not sometimes <laughs> sometimes your challenge is making them understand that their technique is it's not where it's going or to be the cardio to be. or yeah. those things that they yeah. haven't been yeah you might have to actually hold them back yes yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. And, and it can be so you're taking somebody who's who who's you know looks fit and strong and is fit and strong in certain ways and you're trying to to bring them into a, an overall broad fitness mod- modality. Yeah, you're going to have to humble them a little bit, and and, and but keep them motivated. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, it's a bit tricky. So you got to find ways to not deflate them because they are an athlete and have you know it can achieve things that they should be proud of. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you need to make them realize like if you're gonna tr- if you're gonna take that and try and compete at CrossFit. In the open or beyond that, yeah, yeah you're going to want to learn how to do that snatch a whole lot cleaner. You're going to have to want to learn how to properly pull off that clean. You're going to have to learn how to string those pull ups together with a kip to make it faster, or a butterfly to make it even faster. And sometimes, when somebody's already got a belief of how fit they are, it can be even have its own challenges. Yeah. Right? They're not as open to 
uh, criticism or feedback or a need to change because mm-hmm. right. yeah, they don't realize they need to change yet. So it could be challenging. What's the what's the structure that you use for bringing in entirely new athletes? I mean, it, with with most CrossFit gyms, you hear like various di- yeah various different terms on ramp, yeah, uh, fundamentals, pre flight yeah. is is the terminology that we use for essentially that that same idea. Mm-hmm. What does that structure look like? How have you formalized the the, the process for bringing a new athlete in to Osprey? Well, we have six classes. Um, we have. A- couple of intro classes that kind of do some skills and um, some squats um, to start off. So we have a push-pull session and a squat session that you, you're introduced through uh, two different evenings. And then we have four other evenings, um, three of them where we actually isolate the lifts, which we use the catalyst, again, progressions to kind of right. uh, work through the steps Um and the different segments of the lift to, to actually expose a new athlete to um, the movements that we would use in CrossFit so that when they do um, integrate into our regular uh, mainstream classes that they're not going to get hurt or, or what have you. So, right. yeah. And clearly they're not meant to be entirely comprehensive. I mean, they're not oh, seeing no. every movement that no. they could no, possibly exactly. miss in class. But yeah. they're just the ones you're critical need, ones. So, yeah, for sure. to make sure that you're safe and and going to be able to, to go into a class and know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And there's still going to be tons of lot to learn, you know, after, even after a year or two, you're still, still lots to learn. Well, and I mean, fortunately the, the community is mature enough that spotting the new person isn't terribly difficult. Right. No, you just, you know, yeah. you know, people in your class. And so mm-hmm. the coaches and the athletes have a familiarity with who's in what time slot because yeah. people tend to go to the same time mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. And so when there's someone new, all of a sudden it's, you know, it's pretty easy to say, hey, I haven't seen you before. And so, you know, the coach might choose to spend a little bit more time, a little bit more attention with that athlete because mm-hmm. they know that they don't have to worry about the people that have been around for a little bit longer. And, um, you know, they're still keeping a, a watchful eye on them, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe focusing a little bit more on the new athlete, making sure that they know what to do and mm-hmm. they feel welcome. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I had the conversation with uh, Crystal Forrest and Kenny uh, just last weekend. Wrote, like When we started, everybody that was in the classes with us was new to CrossFit at the same time, and it was a brand new situation for all of us. So we were all, like when someone, we went to do a snatch, it was everybody's first time doing a snatch. So mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't as intimidating. And so we're very aware that when new people come in, it's not the same experience that we had. No. There's, so that much there, of the community was brand spanking new. Oh, yeah. Everybody started. Was yeah. There weren't yeah. experienced people other than the coaches that were. No, like yeah. the most experienced people would have been there like a month before us. Or, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, they weren't that yeah. far ahead. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a whole different, it was, everybody was exploring new territory. So it wasn't as intimidating. So I'm very sort of aware and, and, and want to help people that are new uh, realize that, I know you're looking around the class and everybody here can do it already. Don't worry about them. Just focus on what you need to do and you'll be caught up to them in no time. Right. So, you know, um, but it's trickier. It's trickier psychologically. It's, it's probably a little bit more intimidating for them than it was for us. I can see that. Yeah. 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 They'd feel like they're on a, a pretty steep learning curve at yeah. that point when there's, the, you know, not just the mechanics of it, but the, um, you know the strength and specificity of movement that they see around the room yeah. is 
pretty different. Mm-hmm. And as much as I, I don't want to get to a point where you have like a beginner's class or like a right something in some step in between pre-flight and and CrossFit because by design CrossFit's supposed to be scalable to everybody and every mm-hmm. class should be everybody can get something out of it. Right. For psychological reasons, for the new athlete, we may need you know we might need to put in something that helps them step up to the regular classes between pre-flight yeah. and the regular classes. But um, I'd like to hold true hold true to the the statement that you know CrossFit is accessible to everybody and everybody should be able to manage their way through a CrossFit class if we scale it correctly. Right. Yeah. We just have to overcome the the mental. Well, and, and and you're introducing specialized classes for the athletes as well. I mean, next week there's a double unders clinic. So, yes, yeah. So it's a very focused, skill based class. Yeah. Um, and I know we've talked about other potential um, fairly focused sessions to to really dive deeper on things that you don't necessarily get to spend a lot of time on in class um, outside of pre-flight mm-hmm. right yeah so um, once you're done pre-flight you don't necessarily revisit that that fundamental breakdown of, of right. each movement unless yeah. it happens to come up in the programming mm-hmm. our coaches do a good job if it's if it's a particularly difficult lift of giving certain things to think about each time but you may not break it down to the every little tidbit that you would mm-hmm. that you do early on yeah right so if it's a jerk is in the workout then you know the coaches are going to give you three or four things to think about when you're working up to it but you don't break down the entire movement yeah yeah what's the biggest challenge that you're facing as far as scheduling is concerned i mean you're you're in a business where you know the middle part of the day is kind of vacant because there's there's not necessarily all that i mean there is a 10 a.m class Mm -hmm. um but through the day you've got a facility that that you know, you don't necessarily have an audience available to come in and work out. You've got a couple classes in the morning. There's the 10 a.m. and then it jumps to the afternoon and evening. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so how, how has that adjustment been to your your day-to-day? And how are you combating that? Personally, that you mean like a, as a business? Well, in both. Of the business. I yeah, mean, so. it's, it's got to present a variety of challenges personally and on the yeah. business side. So um, it is tough when your business hours of operations are sort of before the nine to five work day and after the nine to five work day uh, and outside of that, because that's when most people do their other life things. Mm -hmm. And so it can be challenging for us uh, to get, you know, to get through life and get the kids off to all their events. and, and, and uh, <laughs> Well, that's why 6 a.m. was always ideal for me because I would get up in the morning, Monday to Friday, yeah. 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. was my time to work out. I'd be home. They would still be in bed. So they, you know, mm. I it wasn't affecting our family time at all. Um, no. So now Rob has three days a week, get the kids off to school. Yeah. Four or five days a week. <laughs> Recently, we've been home on Wednesday mornings, which is Tuesday good. and Wednesday sometimes. I think so. It's anyway, yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, not you know, I appreciate my wife much that much more because now that I have to get all three kids out of out, out the door. Morning, I am not a six a.m. or I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I come down, I put the coffee on, and that's about to the limit of my capabilities at that hour of the day. So uh, having to get three kids out the door is, has been a struggle for the last six months. Five months. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm surviving. Yeah. I'm surviving. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in terms of uh, the business and the hours where, you know, mm-hmm. uh, trying to, to maximize the amount of uh, use we get out of the box, we do personal training throughout the middle of the day. 
um, we have goals of, of filling those hours with um, groups that may not that might be free those hours of the day so you mm-hmm. might be able to get uh, school age kids in there from 3 to 4 before we do a, another our regular classes right. you might be able to get a group of retirees in the middle of the day mm-hmm. entrepreneurs um, those lunch types of things lunchtime corporate group yeah, yeah. so yeah. It, it's just we'll, we'll be adding those things as we go but um it's just a matter of timing, and then how do you drum people drum it up? How do you so you don't want to start a class that nobody's in right. <laughs> and just keep yeah. it open until people show up, like Field of Dreams or something? But um, <laughs> yeah. you, you want to feel like the demand's there. Yeah, right you the start. You got to build yeah. a little bit of a demand somehow and, and get it going, and you know we might do that with the seniors or something like that, mm-hmm. and have like a drive to bring in a bunch of retirees and, and put them through. Yeah. Uh, some workouts and see if they they take to it and see if we can get a regular class going because I think that would just be fantastic when I see those uh, videos on CrossFit.com of the uh, you know retirees doing amazing things and working out together and having fun and, and I just think oh, it'd be awesome if we had those guys in the, the box so that's one of the goals mm-hmm. yeah some of the success stories that you that you hear from um, from CrossFit are pretty impressive i mean you've got sort of the combination you've got the you know the the big weight loss stories you've got the overcoming major health issues yeah um just avoid putting off the nursing home right like yeah just they keep the mobility into the later years maintain the independence yeah, that maintain mm-hmm. what independence. they want yeah it's huge hmm. i think the the you know the the interesting part of reaching out to that market is is again you know you've got the um the expectations that people have for what fitness is and what crossfit is and where those lines uh, blur a little bit and and how, you know how do you get them to understand that fitness is for everybody and you know everything can be scaled and yeah. you know showing those success stories really mm-hmm. makes a difference i mean you know we've, we've got quite a number of people at Osprey that have done some pretty remarkable things for their health mm-hmm. over the last couple of years, and I think all of the members recognize the people that have really uh, completely changed their their health and their lifestyle uh, yeah. by coming in. I'm sure everybody feels like they've they've themselves mm-hmm. changed their their life for the better. Absolutely. Um, but then you see some people that have really dramatically changed their life, and you think, wow, it's it's pretty cool that, that mm-hmm. everybody's part of that same community and. In some small measure, the the members themselves are part of the reason it. for that yeah. success because they've been part of the the community, encouraging yep. that person to do one more rep right. or show up for class the next day mm-hmm. and work through whatever it is that they're working through. Yeah, I think everybody takes pride in everybody else's success, which is something that's really awesome in CrossFit in the world. Like, uh, it's not dead quiet at the end of a workout. No, <laughs> no, and uh, I've said this before that. It's a unique... So CrossFit is a methodology uh, versus CrossFit as a sport is something that people don't realize. People might sometimes see it as a CrossFit as a sport because the games get so much publicity in that. But not everything has to be aimed at trying to become a competitive athlete. It can just be aimed at becoming the best you every day and and you will get to be fitter and feel better than you've ever felt in your working life. But... um, I forget where I was going with this. Uh, 
<laughs> I was trying to make two points at once. <laughs> the um, the success, so everybody taking pride in, in everybody else's confidence. So a, a, as a competitive athlete playing sports growing up, um, you know, my relationship with competing has changed uh, since I've started in CrossFit. So I used to look at like people on the other teams and think I had to be like, you know, I can't be friends with them. I got to be, they're, they're, mm. they're, I got to think of them as my enemy and I need to, to think I'm going to beat them and I've got to be better than them. And, and all those mental games you play with yourself to try and keep yourself motivated and keep yourself, push yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and what I find with CrossFit is it's, it's entirely different approaches. Everybody is genuinely happy for everybody else and what they're pushing themselves and that, you know, it's competitive, but, um, both of you in the end know that you're better off for having competed and you're, be- and you're thankful for the person next to you that pushed you. Yeah, you make each other better yeah. over the course of yeah. competing. And that, not necessarily just in competition. I mean, in the middle of a class, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody right in front of you or right behind you or right beside you is moving a little faster yeah. and mm-hmm. that, that pushes you to move a little faster. Yeah. Right. So you're... You know, you might be competing with them in your head, and then at the end, you're like, "I'm glad that that person was next to me and here with me and pushing me because I wouldn't have worked as hard if they weren't sort of on my tail the whole mm-hmm. time, or if I wasn't trying to catch them the whole time." Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just changed my relationship with competition. I see it as, you know, it can be a completely healthy thing. It doesn't have to be uh, a negative sort of uh, just out to win uh, at any cost type of uh, mental right. game mindset yeah now speaking of competition the open is right around the corner mm. yes it is um, what um you know what what role do you see the open playing in that community development i mean is it is it really about competition or is it about bringing the community together at the same time yeah it's like christmas for crossfit world right like it's it's everybody loves looks forward to it gets excited about it and then you know they go through it's like five weeks of christmas it's so great um it can, you know, and it can be draining and it can be, you know, hard on the, on the owners and the judges and the, and the athletes because it, it does take a long time and it's, it's, it's a, it's a slog it's a process, and it's a process, yeah. but everybody loves it. Everybody looks forward to it all year round. And, uh, it's kind of the highlight of the year for, for everybody in the community. It certainly brings its logistical challenges because you're trying yeah. to manage your, your, your regular weekly schedule mm-hmm. in order to make sure that members get their workouts because not everybody's going to participate in the open as much yeah. as you as much as you try to to remind people that it's, it's very accessible it's just just another workout it's mm-hmm. just a benchmark um not everyone will wind up doing it and so you wind up having to maintain your regular schedule to the best of your ability plus handle all of the the That's open right. workouts yeah. which are you know, you, even if you put together heats, you're still talking about a fair bit of time mm-hmm. and having yep. a judge for every lane. And yeah. there's a lot of logistics that go into that. There is. And uh, we're going to try and find ways to um, make it, you know, as efficient, more, as, as efficient as possible, but also more rewarding for the people that are judging yeah. and, and yeah. coming out and doing all this stuff and supporting it. And so we have some ideas in our mind about getting sponsors for each week and getting some prizing and all that sort of thing and um, uh, getting a way to reward the judges and athletic performance and have like a little bit of a celebration at the end and we got some surprises coming up I think which are going to be going to be fun and exciting and take it to another level so that um, because you as you mentioned 
it can be it, by the end of it you're you know it's difficult organizing every week it can be different difficult getting the judges in every week and making working around everybody's schedule over five weeks and yeah. um but it everybody enjoys it and has fun with it and we just make need to make sure that everybody gets as much out of it as they can and gets rewarded and has a great experience so that's what yeah. we're gonna do mm-hmm. yeah um, and we're thinking about um, offering up an opportunity for people that are outside of CrossFit. So you might be working out at uh, a different gym, uh, a regular type of gym or mm-hmm. in your own garage or whatever, but you want to do the CrossFit Open. You want to test your, your fitness. Yeah. And you can, so we're going to open up a pass, uh, $80. You can come in and do the five weeks of the Open in our oh, box. Cool. So okay. um, we haven't worked out all the details yet, but it would probably be like, come in Friday night for five weeks. Do the do the open test and see how you do. See how you stack up. So yeah. um, we think that'll be a great way for people to come in, just participate in the open, yeah. see get acquainted about. with our community, yeah. and you never know. Because there so, are a lot of people out there that are following it and sort of on the fringes and right. really want to try CrossFit, but they're a little bit anxious to to jump in, or maybe they think the the price is not worth it or something like that. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, CrossFit certainly has um, a higher price point um, than your typical Globo gym yeah. um, that that's entirely self-directed. I mean that that's that's I think where people make perhaps an unfair comparison because For sure. you yeah. know when when you're dealing with at least my experience in traveling to all of the various gyms that I've been to so far, they all kind of have a similar philosophy in terms of how many people are going to be in a class. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have yet to be one uh, to be one at one that had more than twelve in a right. regular class, yeah. um, w- with the exception of like a special workout on the weekend where it's kind of a free for all and, and there's more people. But the mm-hmm. the typical regular schedule is, is you know ten, twelve in a class um, with. A coach, and so you've got you know somebody that's there looking after the athletes and making sure that they do the movements correctly, and all the programming is on the board, so nobody has to come in and decide what to do. So, yeah. I mean, the when when people say, "Oh well, CrossFit's expensive," what do, what do you say? So, this is is constant struggle. So yeah, they look if you're comparing the price of us versus the Globo Gym. You, you don't get it. You don't understand it yet because it's not about the price. It's about most of us only have so many hours in the day where that we can dedicate to working out or how many hours in the week, right? right? So are you making the most of your workout? If you're going to the big, huge gym and putting your headphones on and getting on an elliptical, uh, you're sort of, you're, you're doing something good for yourself, but you're not getting the most out of your hour. You're not going to get... The results you would get if you went to a CrossFit gym. Yeah. Um, if you go to a CrossFit gym, you're going to have a coach that's going to show you how to get fit, make sure that you're doing it safely and efficiently, and the class itself and the coach and the workouts are going to push you to do things that you would probably not do if you were just at the gym by yourself and you weren't kind of feeling up to it today. I'm not feeling up to it today, so I'm just going to take an easy day. You don't do that at CrossFit because you you just get inspired by the people around you and you get pushed by the people around you and you just like, it just gets more results. And so if people experience that, then it's an easy sell. They get it. Okay. I would never go back to that old gym because I see the value in it now. 
but when somebody's paying, I don't know what they pay nowadays to get across a regular gym membership. Yeah. 50, 50, 60 bucks a month seems yeah. pretty common. Yeah. So, with the exception of the real discount ones where you're really truly left in the weeds mm-hmm. on your own, uh, it takes a special person to be able to drive themselves hard enough to make use of that. Yeah. And so, to make the mental leap to paying CrossFit prices, uh, you've got to understand that if you want to make the most out of those hours that you have in the week to to get the results, CrossFit's the way to go. That yeah. You're not going to get the same results in your if you have three hours a week or four hours a week or whatever you're doing at the regular gym. You're just not pushing yourself at the same yeah. level. Think about investing that amount of time in mm-hmm. something that delivers better results yeah. and suddenly the, the equation starts to shift. Yeah. yeah, so it shouldn't just be about the price. It should be about what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to be healthy? Are you trying to be fit? Do you want to feel good, feel yeah. energized? And we haven't even talked about the community, right? You go to a big, right, a big gym. You don't, you don't make friends. Like you just, there might be people that you say hi to as you pass by them towards your own individual machine. Um, put their head. Most people are walking around with the headphones on and uh, working out on the stationary or the independent machines. And, yeah. And uh, if you go to CrossFit, you're chatting with everybody around you because it's, you know, you become friends. Yeah. Well, and it's the. The quality, not just the results side of it, but the impact on the body too. The quality of the movement that you get in CrossFit is very different. Oh, you know, everything is everything is compound movements. It's multiple muscle groups at the same time. Yeah, there's nothing isolated about it. So, you. you I've often said that if I wish I had discovered CrossFit when I Mm -hmm. played rugby, because I would have had, would have been able to do so much more. Uh, You know, I just would have felt fitter and stronger. had more capacity to do what I wanted to do on the field. So, well, that that yeah, that's an interesting side of it too, because it's it's the impact on um, your life outside of the gym, and sometimes your life outside of the gym involves other sports too. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the kind of general fitness that that you achieve, and and the the strength and coordination that you wind up developing as a result of these compound movements that's in right, CrossFit, yeah. they they have to have an impact on your life in sport outside of for sure in addition to your general day-to-day walking around skills too we have several competitive triathletes and hockey players and uh, rugby players so you know uh, that are using this to further advance themselves in those other sports because they see the benefits from crossfit and how much better it is than working out a regular day yeah i know when i was when i was running i was um, uh, fairly susceptible to certain types of injuries because it was repetitive motion, but it never really yeah. it never really hit any of the muscle groups surrounding the muscle groups that I was using mm-hmm. at the time. So while while the muscles responsible for driving me forward in a run got stronger, nothing else did. So then, as a result, I was a little bit more susceptible to injury if my you know, if my foot fell a little funny mm-hmm. because I came off a, a curb. curb or something along You're those really lines. You're really good at doing one thing, which is running straight ahead. And, yeah. And not so, so And I didn't, I didn't fully appreciate varied from that. the specificity of the movement that I was doing as yeah. a runner mm-hmm. until I got into CrossFit. And then I was like, okay, I've got to do a whole bunch of thrusters, then do a whole bunch of pull-ups, and then go for a run and right. come back and do the same thing. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like, oh, wow, all of these different... Muscles are getting hit at the same time. Now I feel how those other muscles are related to, to my running and mm-hmm. how they kind of keep everything in line properly in yeah. a way that 
they weren't before. So those those muscles that balance out those joints were weak, yeah. and, I, and I felt it. And from personal experience, like training to run before uh, run a five k, your five k, your annual five uh, k to beat lung cancer. Uh, did that, you know, when I just ran and ran and ran to train for it, and yeah. you know, set a time, a PR, and then. Um, few late years later we're doing CrossFit and we don't really mm-hmm. run that much in CrossFit not go, distance anyway not right. distance yeah. but short and then I go and do the 5k out of the blue and beat my old time by minutes two minutes yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, I often see r- people running along the Bedford Highway and think they're running in this terrible weather in the winter and stuff if they would just come in and do CrossFit for the winter <laughs> they would <laughs> they would be better runners when they went back in the spring or the summer yeah uh, and they, yeah Mm-hmm. They obviously have the, the, the drive and the fitness because they're out there pushing themselves through the, the slush and the rain and the terrible weather. They would, they would love it. <laughs> so what are, what are the, um, are, are there any, what you would call next big plans for what you're going to do? I mean, you're, you're new affiliate owners, so I mean, you have yeah. this, this whole opportunity open to you to kind of make things up as you go along are you going to learn from what other people have done or are you going to chart your own course and try to make something that works for the way that you're going to manage the box um i know that it's really nice these days with technology and social media and that type of thing like there's some groups that were um connected with like on facebook some affiliate groups and that kind of thing and and that's a great network to be uh, a part of because we can just you know post a question in there and see how they've mm-hmm. managed it within their box and that type of thing and that's super helpful especially being really new yeah. as owners um, different things like that I don't think specifically we have um, a, the, the, we have things in our mind and yeah. back of our heads but we've focused so much over the first few months on just redoing the space mm-hmm. Um making sure that the the coaching is where we want it to be and yeah uh you know getting the systems running correctly like the, right. the zen planner and all that sort of thing but yeah. um yeah we've got some got some things we got in mind for the next steps yeah. but we're not releasing them yet i guess i don't know we're not we haven't committed ourselves Commit, yeah, to them to yet them. so right. yeah, yeah. it might be uh anyway wanna... i guess if we said them then we would be committed wouldn't we but it's a good way to commit yourself is to put it on record as you having said you're going to do this. But sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Open's only a couple of weeks away, so you know once that hits, that'll probably be your focus. Yeah, you don't want to be starting anything new during the Open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're looking at after the Open and and doing a few new things and nutritional challenges and stuff like that to and other types of challenges to get people. Yeah. Well, pushed. Warmer, warmer weather arriving won't hurt either yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah. the the challenges that canadian boxes face that southern boxes don't necessarily yeah. experience yeah the unique challenges of being trapped indoors <laughs> for at least a few months anyway yeah mm-hmm. yeah well thank you both for, oh. for coming and thank you john being thank my, you. Uh, my guinea pigs in this little experiment yeah um, you know, I, I figured this was this was a good way to start things off. You know, you're the owners of my home box. Mm-hmm. Um, you got me into CrossFit in the first place, and we've known each other for a long time. So I couldn't think of any better way to to start this this experiment off. Um, hopefully, you know, if things go well, I'll be able to bring you back and 
be able to talk That's about so kind of an update on <laughs> there you go. how things have gone. And, and Wait till you read yeah. the comments. On the <laughs> yeah. First and last episode of the Fox <laughs> Jumper. Appreciate it, John. Thank you. Thank Thanks. You. And that is a wrap on the very first episode of the Box Jumper Wadcast podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll uh, subscribe so that you get future episodes automatically as I'm joined by guests from the fitness community. Uh, just some of the people that I plan to speak with down the line includes physios, pedorthists, young athletes and athletes that are young only at heart, uh, event organizers, boot camp directors, and more. So there's lots of great people making fitness part of their everyday lives, and so my plan is to seek them out and try to bring them to you. If you have comments or ideas for future guests, uh, many of you are plugged into the fitness community and may have great ideas for people for me to talk to, drop me a line. Um, My email is info at boxjumper.ca, and of course you can visit the website boxjumper.ca often for more fitness-related stuff outside the podcast as well. Uh, Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The handle is at boxjumperover40, uh, and the 40 being the digits, 4-0. Um, Thanks for listening, and uh, I'll have a new fitness guest coming to you very soon.